Uh, that sucks. I'm going to start this over. <laughs> Pete, cut that out. <laughs> You're listening to Love Ya, your guided tour through the wide and wonderful world of streaming teen cinema and adult rom-coms. I am one of your co-hosts, Martha Sullivan, YA librarian and wrangler of teens, and I am here, as always, with my co-host. I'm Maren Hangman, adult services librarian and uh, rom-com enthusiast. And we are here today to discuss the 2022 Netflix original Love and Gelato. Uh, written and directed by Brandon Camp, uh, also written by Jenna Evans Welch, uh, based on the 2016 YA novel Love and Gelato uh, by Jenna Evans Welch. So I think that's an adaptation credit rather than a script credit. Uh, this movie stars Susanna Skaggs as Lena, uh, Tobia DeAngelis as Lorenzo, Owen McDonald as Howard. Valentina Lodovini as Francesca, Sal Nani as Alessandro, Angelica Washington as Addie, and Alex Boniello as Fleetwood Zach, and then a bunch of other people. Uh, Martin, would you like to give us a brief synopsis of sure. Love and Gelato? <laughs> sure. Um, so Love and Gelato <laughs> is the story of Lena. Um, we meet her when her mother has just passed away uh of cancer um and before she died uh her mother one of her dying wishes was that uh lena go to rome um and meet uh and stay with some of the friends her mom had made there when her mom herself uh was a young woman i think it's meant to be the same age lena is between her senior year of high school and first year of college and I think the implication is when her mother was at a similar age, she spent a life summer, life-changing summer in Rome, um, which Lena has not heard much about. Uh, but her mother, as she was dying, uh, told her she needed to go. So it has been arranged for Lena to go stay uh, with Francesca, um, who um, was one of... Uh, her mother's best friends and she gets introduced to the city of Rome. Um, when she arrives, Francesca gives her her mother's diary. So she starts to kind of understand her mother's experience of Rome. Um, she also meets two different boys. There is a love triangle. Um, and I will say, pardon the pun, it was not very acute. Um, she meets... <laughs> Thank you. I thought that one was pretty oh, good. Enjoy- I enjoyed that a lot. <laughs> Thank you. I thought that one's pretty good. Um, so she uh meets uh Alessandro and Lorenzo, who ho oh boy, uh very contrasty. Alessandro's a rich boy who's ready to go to Harvard. Um Lorenzo is um clearly from a lower middle class background, um, working to get into culinary school, so very different dudes. Um, love triangle shenanigans ensue. Meanwhile, Lena's finding out what happened to her mother while in Rome, which, no surprise there, turns out uh, Lena's mom uh, got pregnant with Lena while living in Rome. Um, and the father turns out to be her photography professor, which, always great. Um, 
Anyway, Lena tries to go meet her dad. That doesn't go so well. But it turns out family friend Howard was the one her mother was in love with all along. Because after her mother had the fling with the photography professor, she really uh, discovered she loved Howard. Uh, So Howard decides to step in and be Lena's adoptive dad. Uh, the Oh, I think the only plotline I missed is Lena's best friend. It's kind of egging her on to have adventures between these two boys. Um, and then, surprise, ends up coming and visiting Rome herself. Um, and was maybe one of the few bright spots of this movie. Um, did I miss anything? I missed the thing about the pastries. We're supposed to like Lorenzo because he shows Lena a secret spot to get pastry. I was going to say, justice for the baker lady, who was my bright spot in this movie. Um, can we can we first talk about how buck wild it is that Lena's mom is like, I want you to go to Rome like I did and have a life-changing year when Lena's mother's life-changing year involved apparently getting pregnant as a teenager by her college professor? Yeah. Like, does this seem weird to me that she would be like, Go do this thing. Yeah. Am I overthinking this? No. I mean, I think her thinking is, is like, so I think Lena, you know, growing up with a single mom, Lena has a very regimented, this is going to be my life. And so I could see her mom being like, my kid needs to loosen up a little bit. Uh, Francesca will show her a good time in Rome. Um, but yeah, not great to be like, yeah, I had this wonderful life-changing experience, but also, like, got creeped on by a professor and, um, decided that I I couldn't go for the guy who, decided that after I fell for this guy for some reason, I couldn't just, like, Day? Like, that was the part that truly baffled me. Uh, there was a lot in this movie that baffled me. Um, I would like to say that I was very excited about watching this movie because I find the book to be incredibly charming. Okay. And I find the movie to be... not. Um, it looks beautiful. It does like, look beautiful. Italy doing... Italy doing a great job in this movie. Also, Lena's wardrobe. And Francesca's yes, the aesthetics wardrobe. of this movie are on point. Um, I found every single character in this movie intolerable. <laughs> um, but uh, but let's, let's break it down a little bit. So. We have many baffling choices that are made throughout the course of this movie. Um, one of the things that really bothered me about Lena as a protagonist is that she is almost completely reactive. And every time she reacts to anything, I'm like, girl, why? Uh, I did not respond very well to Lena. Mm. I responded a little more to her because I understood, like, having been that anxious teen traveling alone in Europe, like, I got that. Um, so I empathized with her a little bit more, um, but I also, 
Yeah, I mean, I I think what you're getting at was that she was very um, shallowly written. And so... Uh, yes, you do not get a lot. You do not get a lot of Lena's interior motivations outside of, like, I want to learn more about my mom. But then the way that she goes about that is weird. Yeah. Um. And, and like I. One thing that was, like, super odd to me is I, like, straight up refused to believe that she had never visited there before with her mom or that, like, Francesca and Howard hadn't come and visited them. Like, how did they keep in touch that, you know, 18 years later she can just drop her daughter on their doorstep? Yeah, I I don't know. Um, I also, like, I just don't feel like I knew her mom any better after the movie was over does she I, I watched this movie three days ago and have almost no recollection of it um does she and francesca ever have a conversation about like this is what your mother was like the way that she kind of does with howard um no i don't think so i think that the the only so pr- francesca gives her the preemptive hey um this is your mom's diary. She's, I don't know if she's, I think she sent it to Francesca to give to Lena. She was like, it was really important for your mom to, for you to read this. Um, so she gives her, so I, I think the idea is that Francesca, that Francesca and Howard kind of bookend that conversation of, hey, this is, you know, as, as we were also there during your mother's experience, you know, her summer experience, um, in Rome, you know, and I think Francesca's there to say like, Hey, here's the diary. Like it will tell you more about that. And then Howard's there at the end, um, telling his experience of it. But yeah, you don't, I don't know. And maybe it's because I'm watching the summer I turned pretty right now. And, like, you see the the tight friendship between the two moms um, that I, yeah, just, like, not having that evidence of her and Francesca maintaining their friendship or still being close. I mean, we hear references to Francesca in the diary entries, but, yeah, they're they're pretty paltry. Do you know what this movie needed? Hmm. It needed flashbacks to... Mm teenage teenage lena's mom like i think if we could have gotten some scenes some like actual video scenes of lena's mom having experiences that are being mirrored by lena it might have given the movie a little bit more resonance totally um i just i always have trouble with voiceover as a plot element that i'm supposed to like connect with because it's already putting me at a remove um, and I just, I feel like there was maybe a better way that they could have developed that emotional connection between me and Lena and what is happening. Well, and the thing with voiceovers is voiceovers are more, are most effective when they're responding to something on the screen, right? Like, mm-hmm. again, I, apparently I have the summer I turned pretty on my brain, but the reason the summer I turned pretty's use of voiceovers is really effective is because 
They're disrupting scenes that are happening in real time and giving you emotional context for the character. So they are actively responding to what is happening. Um, And I think in this, it's removing you from the story. And rather than making it feel like it's propelling Lena's journey to finding her father, it just feels like you it's taking you out. And... Yeah, I think flashbacks would have been more successful. I think, and they, and you can see they like tried this in a couple moments of having Lena respond to what she's reading, but it felt pretty elementary to just kind of have Lena sitting there. I think the only time they got close is when her mom referenced eating um, Francesca's mom's pasta putinesca. And then Francesca had made pasta putinesca for Lena and Lena's eating it while reading about her mom eating Francesca's mom's version of the pasta. And that was like the only moment that got close, but they didn't bother to try and do enough of those moments to really embed that voiceover and the previous story into the modern story. As you are talking, it occurs to me that I think I would have responded a little bit better to the story if Lena had been going to Italy explicitly to find her father. Like, that plot element shows up pretty late in the movie. Right. And is a perfectly lovely motivation for a teen girl. Like, and still allows her to have, like the romantic adventure happened to her, but also gives her a little bit of outside motivation because when she goes to the photography studio to try and meet her dad, like that's kind of the first moment in the movie when we see her do anything, when we see her decide to do something. Mm. And I thought that sequence was really effective. Like I found it really upsetting when she goes and um, her dad basically lies about being in a meeting so he can't see her and then she sees him and storms off and it's very it's really rough because it's like oh this guy's a dirtbag um and you feel for her because it's like she had the gumption to go and try and see him and then he was like nope not gonna happen um and that was the energy i was kind of missing from the movie is it clearer in the that book? was a lot of like does that come up earlier in the book <laughs> Yes. Okay. Uh, she also, um, it is kind of set up in this, in the movie that she was supposed to go to, it. she was originally supposed to take this trip with her mom and then her mom passes away, but is like, I still want you to go. Oh, um, I think they in do the book, briefly. Now that in you the book, say that. Is, yeah, I think they do mention it. And yeah, cause she has a moment at the beginning when she was like, I wasn't supposed to be doing this alone. I don't really want to be here by myself. And in the movie, it is always set up as sort of a posthumous trip for her. Like, her mom says, like, I want, like, I, I want you to go to Italy to better understand, like, who you are and where you came from. And I want, I want you to do that because I'm not going to be with you to, to, like, teach you these things. Um, also, interestingly, in the book, it's Florence. It's not Rome. Oh, um, that is an interesting change. I don't know why you would change that, because I feel like, I mean, no offense to Rome, but I feel like Florence is pretty beautiful. Florence is just as pretty, yeah. Um, also, and this is going to blow your mind, hmm. 
Alessandro is Sir not appearing in this book. Ha! <laughs> ha! So there is none of the... So they just, like, wrote her in a love triangle and... A there's a there's a there's a hot British there's a hot British guy that she sort of is like kind of flirty with, but it never like there's no real love triangle. Like it's it's basically Lorenzo from the beginning. It's just sort of reconciling the fact that like he lives in Italy and she doesn't. <laughs> wow, that is very funny. So they like um, wasted which... all that narrative time. An Alessandro that they could have been putting into, like, oh, yeah, I gotta find my dad. What? And honestly, I found Alessandro to be a more, com- like, I found the actor. Yeah. I don't know. Both of the actors are fine. I found Alessandro to be a more compelling character than I found Lorenzo to be. The, um, the The cooking stuff, the cooking stuff is also almost entirely fabricated for the movie. Um. So do with that what you will. Um, Wait, there's not the whole gelato, his grandma makes gelato thing? No, there is. He's just not an aspiring chef. Mm. Um, Which I actually, I enjoyed that stuff. I liked him having that kind of conflict, although it did feel very much like we were not I, it his character presentation and all of that was like oh this is just alfredo from ratatouille <laughs> <laughs> well and this poor boy i just wanted to tell him like i don't have curly hair i have the straightest hair in the world but like clearly somebody needed to get this poor boy to a salon or like give him diva curl like i don't know but i just the hair was bad the hair, the hair was situation so I was like, somebody needs to help this poor boy. Like, <laughs> but yeah, and I, I think just at the end of the day, my biggest issue is that I didn't find any, I didn't find any of the romantic stuff nearly as compelling as I did Lena's family stuff. Right. And because it is really only like a 90 minute movie, you end not getting enough of the family stuff to really feel like we have answered any of it satisfactorily. Right. And, like, I will say, I feel like, for me, like, Francesca and Addie were, like, the standout characters, and we didn't get to see them enough. Uh, except Addie kind of drove me nuts. Like, girl, mind your business. Oh, I loved her. Setting up she... fake... Setting up fake... I... I... The fake social media profile for Lena was like, mm, girl, maybe not. I did laugh very, very loudly when she is shown to be taking fake pictures of herself in a swimsuit, like on a yes. beach backdrop. Like, that was very funny to me. Uh, and I was glad that she got to show up and, like, visit Italy a little bit. I, I wish that we had gotten more. I feel like she she could have taken Lena for a ride more than she did. Yeah. Um, that had more potential than I think the movie sort of explored. Was Addie dropping into Italy and being like, all right, let's do it. Because does that happen in the book at all? Nope. Okay. Addie does not show up in Italy. Womp womp. Womp womp. Okay, that's good to know. Interesting. 
Um, yeah, because, yeah, at the end of the day, like, you're right. Like, we don't, we don't get enough. Like, we don't get to hear. Again, I have this bafflement of, like, Lita's mom and Howard loving each other, but, like, somehow couldn't make it work for reasons. Uh, and, yeah, I think if we had more time. Yeah, with Howard and Francesca to kind of explore what happened. Um, Francesca as a character had a lot of potential. Um, do you just want to... I promise I'm not going to spend the entire episode comparing the book and the movie. No, but I do feel like we were. Uh, I do feel like we were a little bit robbed because in the book, she stays with Howard and Howard lives in a cemetery. Wait, what? Can you imagine? Wait, what? Yes. Huh. huh. And part of part of the conflict in the book is that when Addie finds out where she, where Lena is staying, she's like, "Girl, do you need me to come and rescue you?" <laughs> <laughs> like, blink once if you need help. <laughs> but yeah, I I think did you watch Gossip Girl at all? Yeah, oh yeah. Do you remember the episode that was a backdoor pilot for a show that never got made about teenage Serena's mom and I her, like, ne'er-do-well adventures I starring do Brittany Snow that. in the 80s? That episode, that is what I wanted, interje- that energy is what I wanted interjected <laughs> into this movie. Like, teenage Lena's mom on a moped, zipping around in the 80s, or... 90s whenever if she was super young when she had lena probably the 90s i was gonna say martha i hate to tell you this but if lena <laughs> is 18 in 2022 2004 oh god i'm so well, sorry anyway i'm so sorry i had to anyway. do the math on that one <laughs> no you were right to do it you were right to do it um but you're right. We could but be listening to so fun. Yeah, we could be uh, listening to the Killers on full blast and uh, wearing, you know, wearing lots of uh, baggy jeans, which I guess are back now. Anyway, I'm trying to think of specific 2004 things and kind of failing here, but you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> this also means that school with Alina's mom. <laughs> Oh, God. What's it? I, if Lena's mom was in Italy after she graduated in 2004, um, I graduated from high school in 2005. Oh, no. So <laughs> I went to high school with Lena's mom. Uh, I'm sorry to all of our listeners, but this is the end of the podcast. I have to go wither into dust now. <laughs> um, it's been nice talking to all of you. You're going to go into Howard Cemetery. I am. I'm going to go off and... Uh, that... Okay. Hold up. Hold up. I'm sensing... Now I have to look up the actor who plays Howard. 
do, do, do. He is 48 years old. So he is also significantly older than Lena's mom. All of this is just predicated on the fact that this movie is set in 2022. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Howard, you're on notice. <laughs> so, yeah, I wanted to like this movie a lot more than I did. Um, fashions are great. Uh, although, I have a nitpick. Hmm. So, Lena is very much a, like, not that, like, I'm a different kind of girl sort of character. Uh, to the extent that her aunt, uh, Francesca puts her in a fancy dress and heels for a fancy party that she goes to with Alessandro. Later, she go when she goes to visit her dad, she is wearing heels. And I feel like we were deprived of a like full on makeover scene <gasps> where she gets used to wearing heels in a casual setting. <gasps> that would have been so good. I would have been so here for Francesca taking her shopping, having heel right? walking lessons. Ah! Oh my god. An Italian shopping montage would have been so fun. So good. And I feel like that's what kind of movie this is. Like, we needed a... Alessandro could have taken her shopping. Like, boom, done. Yeah. You have deep pockets. Spend your money. Or Francesca. Actually, that would have been better. Well, and it seems Bond like... Francesca. Yeah. It, it seemed like talk, Francesca... Talk about had... your mom. Yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, talk about your mom over an espresso after you've had a fun afternoon of shopping. Ugh, I should write these movies. They should have listened to you. Well, and it seems like Francesca <laughs> has some, like, connection to the fashion world. So, like, she has it in. Yeah, they, there was untapped potential there. There was. I, I think. Mean, I mean, I will say, so I wa so I am like kind of astonished that I had somehow watched this movie and it must have been pretty soon after it came out without needing to for the podcast, but I guess for some reason I did. So I had watched this movie like a year ago. Um and my rewatch occurred on a girls' weekend trip. We all came back and had probably had like one too many cocktails um at the distillery and i will say that was a lovely environment to just like let the vibes and uh pretty roman scenery wash over me um so i think i watched it in the right context and i feel like it's one of those like looks pretty falls apart the second you think of it think about it yeah, I think it all just ended up feeling very empty to me. And it should be it should be a story with more resonance considering that it wants to make you think that it's about a mother-daughter relationship, but then it doesn't really end up being about that. Right. Well, and I think that, you know, if they really wanted it to be a movie about or even just Lena finding a new family after her mother has passed, and, like, reorienting herself to the world without her mom being there. 
Yeah, then we should have spent way more time with Howard and Francesca. And way less time with Alessandro. Yes. I agree completely. Well done. We fixed it. We did. Um, There are many sequels to this book. Uh, They're sort of adjacent sequels. So they have... um, Did you do... So I guess not necessarily sequels, but like books written by um, Jenna Evans Welch that have similar naming conventions that take place in different places. So we also have um, Love and Olives, which takes place in Greece. Love and Luck, which takes place in Ireland. Um, Yeah, those are the other two. So similar, similar situations, different characters. Um, I would be very into Netflix adapting more of these because I'm always here for some very good travel situation. Um, so yeah, I, I did not necessarily enjoy this movie, but I would watch more of the same were they to adapt Welch's other books. Okay. I think that's fair because yeah maybe they can you know and it's always fun to watch um like pretty scenery you know there's a place for that um and maybe they would I do also have to make a oh yeah, yeah I think I think it's there like the idea is good I just think they made some pretty baffling story choices here um, I do have to consciously make the mental effort not to confuse this series with the Stephanie Perkins novels. Oh, yeah. Uh, such as Anna and the French Kiss. <laughs> or, um... Okay, so that's really funny you that do? you bring that up, because that was definitely what I was going to pick for my recommendation. <laughs> oh, it's lovely. They're very fun. Um, because I literally like googled like romance books and like you're yeah you know, I was googling some stuff and that one came up and I was like oh yeah that one <laughs> yeah she's got Anne and the French Kiss Lola and the Boy Next Door and then Island the Happily Ever After so these are a different series from the Love Anne books. <laughs> and Martha I'm glad you're sitting down for this or at least I hope you're sitting down for this it is a YA series I have actually read. <laughs> And enjoyed? Yeah, yeah. Hooray. Maybe they'll adapt those. Those would be fun. Oh, They're the... cute and light and fluffy. Those would be very fun. Uh, so your recommendation to our listeners would be Anne and the French Kiss by Stephanie Perkins. Uh, would you like to give your sales pitch for Anne and the French Kiss? Yeah. So Anne and the French Kiss is about a young woman who finds herself uh, jettisoned off to Paris. Um, and she is at uh, what is a thinly veiled version of the American school in Paris. The school for Americans in, um, in Paris. Um, and she ends up. Love it. Yeah. It's, I That one always cracks me up. Um yeah, so, and she had, uh, yeah, she she is not thrilled about the situation, um, but she starts to like it more when she meets a cute boy, Etienne, 
Um, the problem being, um, Etienne has a girlfriend. Um, and um, shenanigans ensue. Um, and as you mentioned, Martha, it is uh, part one of a three-part series. I think actually the third one, Island, the Happily Ever After, is the one I enjoyed the most. Uh, but Anna and the French Kiss, that kind of fish out of water, suddenly thrown into going into Europe, kind of reminded me of this movie. Um, so that was why I picked it. Well, and you remind me, we never even touched on Lorenzo's girlfriend question mark oh yeah who shows up for no reason except for there to be artificial tension so much of the tension and conflict in love and gelato felt artificially created and i think it was because they did not just lean into lena looking for her dad like that's your conflict yeah we don't need alessandro and his dad and him not wanting to, like, go into the family business or whatever. We didn't need Lorenzo and his hostile girlfriend, who the movie does not treat very well. She just shows up to be mad and then disappears so that we all feel bad when Lorenzo and Lena finally make out. It's just, it's so many weird choices. So many weird choices. Yeah. Um, but anyway, my recommendation... <laughs> Uh, I am recommending the book, two books today, uh, 13 Little Envelopes by Maureen Johnson. Uh, This is a book, and stop me if you've heard this before. It is the story of Ginny Blackstone, who, after her aunt dies, is given a package of 13 blue envelopes, which lead her on a road trip across Europe on a journey of self-discovery as she learns more about her aunt and about herself um it is a very similar idea to love and gelato as is presented in this movie i think much more successful um i think i don't know Ginny. i find more engaging she is a similar like one of the reasons that her aunt sends her on this journey is because she feels like Ginny does not like really live in the way that you might want to she is very sort of subdued and housebound and she's like i'm sending you on an adventure um and yeah she gets to go all over europe which is also very fun yeah that sounds like i i can't say i've ever heard of that one but yeah that does sound like a a very fun time yeah it's from 2005 so it's a little bit more vintage ya and at this point maureen johnson writes mostly mystery for YA, which are also very good. Um, but yeah, this was a nice, it is also a fun sort of travel, uh, fun travelogue with a little bit of adventure and ludicrous rules and a lot of like, where are the adults in the room? <laughs> um, but we get away with it because Ginny is 18, <laughs> as she would have to be. Uh, so, Marin, would you like to tell our listening audience what we are doing next time? Yeah, next time we are going to cover uh, the new Netflix movie. It's brand new, hot off the movie reel and our presses. Um, came out last week uh, called Happiness for Beginners, um, which uh, stars Ellie Kemper um, and Luke Grimes. Um, and as I said, is a uh, Netflix movie. Um, so we will be watching that. Uh, next time. 
Fantastic. Uh, uh, and if you simply cannot wait but need more content from these podcast creators, you should check out Did You Do Your Homework, the show I do uh, with Marin's husband, Pete, that updates on opposing Fridays from this one. Our last episode was on summer camp. And our next episode is on something that I don't remember, but it'll be great. <laughs> um, <laughs> When I am not podcasting, you can find me at all the social medias, including Blue Sky. I got my hand on one of those sweet, sweet invites uh, at Magical Martha. Uh, I also post all of my movie reviews and rankings at Letterboxd. Um, make a lot of ranked lists over there. So if you are ever curious about what I thought about these movies uh, in far less detail than what Marin and I go to uh, <laughs> go into for you, you should check me out there. Uh, and I write a newsletter that is published whenever I feel like it. I've actually been uh, writing it pretty frequently recently. I decided to go back to the very beginning of Disney animation and watch all of their canonical oh. uh, movies in release order. So I am through the 40s. I've just started the 50s. So if you are not a Disney person, that means that I have watched Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Um, Pinocchio, Fantasia, Dumbo, and I just watched Cinderella. Um, it is fascinating and super fun. Oh, and Bambi. Oh. Bambi was after Dumbo. And oh. some of them are, some of them are way more engaging than I remember them being. Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs especially was sort of a revelation uh, oh. because that movie is beautiful and weird and Snow White has a lot more personality than I remembered having. Okay. So it's been I'm interesting gonna, so far. I'll maybe need to give that one a rewatch. It's been a very long time. And it's only like 76 minutes. So oh, beautiful. I know. Uh, Martin, where can people find you? Uh, folks can find me on Twitter at a underscore star underscore danced, where I mainly tweet about romance novels these days. Uh, and you can find the show on all the places at the feeds we share with our sister show at DYDYH podcast. Um, I think that about does it for us. Thank you all so much for listening. We will see you back here in a couple weeks. Uh, for, remind me of the title of that movie. Happiness for Beginners. Ha Happiness for Beginners, yes. Uh, and until then, thank you for listening, and just remember that we love ya. Hey. Woo, we did it!